Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. At some point or another in all of our lives, probably in every single life that's in this room, we've all experienced some kind of pain and suffering in our lives. Maybe you've been really sick, and you were so sick that it kept you bedridden at home, or even worse, it put you in the hospital wondering if you're ever going to get better, wondering what, how bad it was going to be and what was really going to happen to you. Or maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was a family member or a friend, someone whom you loved, whom you cared so deeply for, and they were so ill, so sick, that they were in that hospital just laying there. And you watched the doctors work on them. You watched what's going on with them. You just wonder what is going to happen. Are they going to be okay? Are they going to get better? Or even worse, maybe you've lost someone you loved for, you loved or cared for in this life. Someone who's no longer here to walk around with you, to talk with you, to do the daily life that you used to do together. At some point or another, we've all experienced that type of pain or suffering. And in the midst of that kind of pain and suffering, one of your family members, or maybe one of your family members here from St. Paul's came up to you and they said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And those words that, yes, could be turned into a trite expression, but most often when they're said by someone like that, they're packed full of meaning, packed full of care and love, that they truly care. They truly care about how you're feeling, how you're really doing. And that they love you so deeply, they yearn for you. Their hearts yearn for where you are and what's going on in your life. And they want to do something for you, anything. They want to just help you feel better. And yet they realize that there's nothing they can do. There's nothing that they can truly do on their own that they can really do to take away that pain and suffering. All they can do is say that they're praying for you and also pray for you to direct you right back to the God who can take care of you, the God who can take care of that pain and suffering, and to lift you up to him. And that's all they can do is say and do is I'm praying for you. And so those words that we reflect on this morning, I'm praying for you, are the very much the same words that Jesus said in our gospel reading today. Because today the scripture reading for our meditation is the gospel lesson, the gospel according to St. John from chapter 17. And it's in that gospel lesson that we heard Jesus himself say, I am praying for them. I am praying for the ones whom you have given me. And we know full well that Jesus didn't just say those words, but he believed them. Heartfelt, truly, he believed those words, and he put those words into action. And so today we reflect on Jesus saying those words and on that very prayer that he prayed. And so in the gospel lesson, before we get too far in our meditation, I want you to first think about who Jesus was praying for. Because in a portion of that scripture reading, it specifically said, Jesus said, I am praying not for the world, but for the ones you have given me. I am praying not for the world. The world being those who don't believe in him, those who don't follow Jesus, those who follow their own selfish and prideful and own individual ways with no care whatsoever for God, no care whatsoever for Jesus and who he is and what he teaches. The world who has rejected Jesus and his teaching. And Jesus says he is not praying for the world, rather he's praying for those who have been given to him by the Father. 
the ones whom belong to the Father, who therefore also belong to the Son. Those are the people he's praying for, the people who believe, the people who have heard his word, seen what he's done, who trust in Jesus. To put it in another way, he's praying for the believers. Now, as I emphasize that distinction, we want to make something very clear. When Jesus says he, says he is not praying for the world, that doesn't at all mean that he doesn't care for the world. There's no way that we can look through the scriptures and truly say that Jesus doesn't care for the world. Because time and time and time again, Jesus shows us, he tells us that he does care for the world. Jesus came into this world to save this world. Into this world so that he would give his life for the entire world. So that all people would believe. And Jesus told us that we are supposed to go into the world making disciples of all nations. Jesus tells us that we are supposed to go and welcome in the Gentile. We are supposed to go and welcome in the Samaritan woman. So yes, Jesus very much cares for the world. But right here, right now, at this point, at this moment in Scripture, Jesus is specifically saying a prayer for the believers, for those who belong to him. And also, if we think about it in another way, who Jesus was praying for is Jesus was praying for others. People other than himself. Because think about where, in, in the context of Holy Scripture, Jesus is praying this prayer. This is John chapter 17. This is be right before he was betrayed by one of his own followers. Right before he was handed over to the authorities who had no care whatsoever for his life. Right before he was going to be crucified and killed. So right before he's betrayed and handed over and killed, Jesus is saying a prayer, not for himself, but for others. For the sake of others, he is saying this prayer. He's not focusing all about on the torture and the things that he'll experience, but rather that he's going to go through these things for the sake of others. His believers, those who belong to him. So, as we reflect on these, these moments, right now, right where Jesus is praying this prayer, he's praying, as I said before, he's about to be betrayed, crucified, and killed. And those are events that we talked about just seven weeks ago. Just seven weeks ago, we were in the midst of Holy Week. And especially right there in the midst of Holy Week, we gathered on Good Friday to worship and to reflect. To reflect on the fact that on Good Friday, Jesus gave up his life. That on Good Friday, Jesus endured the worst torture and beatings that ever imaginable. That Jesus endured things that he shouldn't have to, had to endure. And that on Good Friday, Jesus went to that cross. And he gave up his life on that cross. And that Jesus, on that cross, experienced something so that no man or woman in this entire world would ever have to experience it again. Because on that cross, in that moment, Jesus experienced separation. Separation, which means to be divided not being apart, not being one, not being united, being alone. The separation from the Father. Separation from the Father's love and care. Separation from the Father's joy. Separation from the only hope that the Father can give. Separation that is caused by sin. The sin that entered this world and caused the separation between mankind and God. And the separation that Jesus experienced right there on the cross. And yet Jesus knew no sin. He was perfect himself. And yet he took upon himself the sin of the entire world. Took upon himself all the world's sin. And experienced right there on that cross separation. 
And for a moment, Jesus experienced the separation that sin causes. For a moment, he experienced that. So that you and I do not have to experience that for an eternity. Because for all those who don't believe in him, for all those who don't trust in him, for all those who don't follow him in his ways and trust for him for all things, they will spend an eternity in hell separated from God. Separated from the Father who is all things and who grants all things. And that's what Jesus came to remedy. Jesus came to remedy that separation, to bridge that separation, to bring us back with the Father so that we could be joined together with the Father and Him and the Holy Spirit in one. So that we could be joined to the Father in His love and His care and His peace. Joined to the Father's hope and joy forever. United, joined as one with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So today, as we reflect on Scripture we reflect especially on those moments of Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection. Moments that we were very specifically celebrating just seven weeks ago. And some people may be wondering, why are we going backwards? Why are we going backwards in the scriptures to a point that we read just seven weeks ago? Because the fact of the matter is, we celebrate this stuff. We reflect on this stuff every single Sunday. More importantly, these things, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, affects your daily life. Every single day is affected by his death and resurrection and the eternal life that he won for you. So today, as we reflect on these, we reflect through this prayer, as it's also called Jesus' high priestly prayer. And now this prayer that we read today in Holy Scriptures, it's not exactly a prescriptive prayer. It doesn't tell us exactly how to pray, in exactly which manner, and when exactly to do it. We don't have to follow his footsteps exactly. But at the same time, his prayer is rather descriptive of what we could and should be praying for. The fact that he prays for believers. That we too ought to pray for those who've been called to faith, who've been called to faith through Jesus Christ. That we should pray for their faith that it may be, be sustained in Jesus Christ. That they may remain in that faith and remain in that faith to the gift of eternal life that he has given. And a great example of doing that would be to be a baptismal sponsor. How many of you in here are a baptismal sponsor of somebody? Somebody or someone? Lots of hands. Yeah. And all, quite often, you know, it's a niece or nephew, but it could be anyone. Anyone who you volunteer to be their sponsor, to stand right up in front when they bring that baptismal font. And maybe the baby or maybe an adult. And you get to witness what God's doing. You get to witness God calling that person into faith, giving that person eternal life, that promise and that hope. That's just where that work begins. That's just where your work as a sponsor begins. Because from then on, the sponsor is to pray for that person. To pray for the faith of that person that it be nourished and it be sustained. That they may remain in that faith. That they remain in the gift of eternal life that they have been given and promised forever. But even more, this prayer of Jesus is today is more than just telling us of how we could pray. But it simply seems to be just telling us something. It tells you that you have hope in Jesus Christ. It tells you that you have joy in Jesus Christ. It tells you that you have eternal life because of him. And more importantly, it tells you that Jesus is praying for you. And so when you feel all alone in this world, like you don't have friends or family around to be with you, like you feel like you're just stuck in the rut of going to work, going home, going to bed, over and over and over again. 
know that Jesus is praying for you. When you feel all alone because you have friends and family around you, but you don't think they really care, they don't really seem to mean the things that they say to you, know that Jesus is praying for you. Or even when you're completely surrounded by family and friends who do truly care and who are truly there for you, and yet you still feel all alone, know that Jesus is praying for you. Know that Jesus is praying for you, that he is praying for you to remain in that faith and remain in the gifts that he's given you because he's done the greatest thing he could for you. He gave you eternal life. He gave you hope and peace. And he continually prays for you to stay in that hope and peace every single day. So today I began by asking you to consider those words we say to each other. I'm praying for you. They're great words. It's a great thing to do. Please keep doing it. Keep praying for each other. But above all else, know that you always have one person, one God who is interceding for you, who is praying for you. Jesus who says, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for the ones whom the Father has given me. I am praying for you. Amen.